Uh, the other new intro. We like this, right? Yeah. Three podcast edition of the morning reboot Q and Five. It's here with Chase Floyd. Alex is there. Good morning. Hey. Um, I've been wanting to do this, and I don't think we have to prep for it by any stretch of the imagination. So, and maybe you guys have thought about it as well. And uh, if you want to throw them at me real quickly, I'll take them. What does WAP mean? And not what they, not the song. I mean, other things it could mean. Um, do you, so when I thought of it, isn't there a song that came out a long time ago that was like, wop, 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 wop. Yes. <laughs> or Fetty Wop. Ooh, Fetty Wop. Mm-hmm. How about, how about Wings and Pizza? Wings and Pizza. White ass people. <laughs> I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, anything else? Have you guys thought about this? Cause I've thought way too much about it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Really? I like that. I think the edited version sounds gross than the regular version. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Wet and gushy. That sounds more nastier than you know what. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, think so? Yes. Floyd, you know the you know the the original song that it samples, right? It's like an old Chicago house song. Yeah. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Yeah. If you see him point them out. Come on. Yeah, um, and it, it, it mixes really, really good. And I, I remember, like, from my DJ days with this, it mixes really good with "It's time for the percolator." It's time yes. for the percolator. Yeah, mm. and then and then you slowly get a little, uh, a little more dance heavy by mixing into "Spin Spin Sugar." Uh, when I first moved to Toledo, um, ah, what was the radio station in Detroit? Like, it barely came in. But it only came in good like on Friday and Saturday nights, mm. and they had like the old school house parties, and like <laughs> they would always play like the Percolator, and that would and um, oh, it kind of sounded like the okay. Remember the song "The Dip"? Yeah, freaking nasty. All right, so remember the last verse of that? It was like Voltron, like that little robot thing at the end. Okay. It was there was a song like that, but it was like all the way through, and it kind of sounds similar to that, but like. That was my first introduction into like that type of music, and I just remember I remember my mom got me a radio. I think it was for, like my birthday or Christmas, or like I think she just handed me down one. And I remember like going in my room at like nine p.m. on a Friday night, like putting it up on like the smallest volume just to hear like quote unquote the adult music as she would call it. But it was like as I got older, I'm like no, it's club music. Yeah, I love this type of music. What, what one, two things? One was it Daft Punk? Oh, no, it was along the lines of, like, early, early, like, when hip-hop started being infused with club music. I'm so mad I can't even think of the melody, but I just know it, like, it had, like, a robot voice. Hmm. And then the other thing, uh, it was probably 96.3 WHYT. I couldn't even tell you if my life depended on it. I will go, we'll go with that. Okay, yeah, that that was, like, the party station um, before, like... Where I worked, DRQ came on the air. They were like early to mid '90s, and uh, Lisa Lisa was was huge. So yeah, that was that station. Um, all right, well, we'll think about WAP, and I want to get to this thing real quickly. Uh, you, anybody? Well, we're all going to agree, uh, I think, but we can still share our thoughts. So I didn't sleep. I didn't. I didn't. I always sleep like shit. I never. Oh. 
I, I, I often though fall asleep okay. Not last night because I was catching up on phone stuff later than I should have been. And uh, right as I was going to, I was in bed and then I heard this. Uh, wait, hold on. Oh, shoot. So I only have the edited version because I played this on the air. So uh, this was on an Ohio baseball game last night. A uh, longtime Cincinnati Reds broadcaster. And apparently they've had a lot of production issues where they're on the air when they shouldn't be because they're from a, a studio. So... This is Uh-oh. this is this is. I think so, I read it this morning. <laughs> this is so bad. This is not cancel culture. So again, I edited this. Half the capitals of the world. Uh, Alex, you said something. So hold on. Half the capitals of the world. Reds live, the pregame show. He said, "This fag capitals of the world." Oh Jesus! Oh. All right. Yeah. So wait. wait. Okay, so I'm the I, as the gay person on the council. Mm-hmm. Did he mean it? Did he slip up? Did he mean to say like flag capital? Oh. Like this is this is me going to like let me give him the benefit of the doubt before I go into my rant. All right, I'll, like, I'll, I'll I mean. It's not even really worth a rant in a lot of ways, but I don't know. He didn't slip up. Okay, I have so. There was a doubleheader. He said that in the pregame of game one. So this was at like three or four o'clock, I guess. By the time I saw it, it was it was eight o'clock. And um, so there was a second game. And at this point, the internet was on fire about this. Oh, I'm, geez. I'm going to play his apology. Um, and after the apology, I don't know what inning in the second game it was, but he took his headset off and he was done. And he's now, you know, he suspended indefinitely. It was not a slip of the tongue, and he always has a serious delivery. Like he is not a humorous announcer. He is a okay. long, he is a long time announcer. He's done this for decades. His dad is a legendary announcer. So in one sense, like you should know better than this. But right. two, you 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 are so comfortable that I right. Could, and but and even if he has, like you said, the long-standing history of it, like. And he says he has serious with his delivery. That doesn't leave him the opportunity to even have a personality yeah. even slip up yes. like that. So, like, yeah. Like, when you and I are, like, maybe flinging the some words at one another here, like, you can tell there's there's glee and joy in our voice. Right. Um, so, with him always being serious, yeah, it's hard to tell if it was just, if he was joking or what. So, I'll play it one more time, and then I'll play the apology. Well, the capitals of the world. Mm. Reds live, the pregame show. Um, so the and they just keep going. Okay, girl, <laughs> bye. And and, it, and <laughs> it, like he was like within five seconds of going back on the air when he thought he was. So now the apology with which some credit. They didn't wait till the next morning. They hopped on this thing pretty quickly. But Floyd, there are some hallmarks that I dislike here. That that and he, he did it. It wasn't prepared or anything like that. They were just off the cuff. But he says a couple of things that you know always Wait, irk me. Question. Yeah. So was that like a hot mic? Like he wasn't on yeah. air? Oh! I thought like he said like, oh, girl, good day. Enjoy your unemployment. Yeah. Never mind. All right, Bye. So. That means you use that word along with other words yeah. in your daily routine. Yeah. Get yeah. the hell off. Nope. You unemployed. And, it, and again, Credit for getting to not letting this thing linger again. The internet caused it. Like I'm glad we didn't have a press conference at 9 a.m. today with prepared. So 
But the apology is is not good enough for me. Here we go. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. Mm. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart. I'm so very, very sorry. He ain't. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. <laughs> and so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck. For the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. The people that might back you up might also say homophobic things. So, Floyd, what are the things in there that you know that I always dislike? Well, he didn't own it. He said, I guess. And, uh-huh. and, and uh, I, that I'm ashamed of. Well, if you were ashamed, you yeah, wouldn't be using he, that. And then the yeah. other one, I'm sorry if if you were offended. No, I'm yeah, sorry. I was say, and also, he hid behind his religion again. Like, uh-huh. those things irk us to the core. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, come on now. And, and people... Like our friend Ben Snyder at Cedar Creek, like people like that wonder why people like us go. Religious fanatics seem to not be very as accepting as the, their books tell them to be. But the, the one that really hit me was, I'm sorry if you were offended. offended. No, nope. yeah. stop that. Like we should be done with that by now. We we say enough people besides me say this. I'm sorry for, for saying something very offensive. None, none of this if you were offended bullshit. But if, I mean, does does he really care? Like, does he? It, it, like, he's only apologizing because he got caught, not it because he's right. actually sorry. And he doesn't care, and so it's gonna. He knows he's gonna lose his job. That's why he said what he said, and then he's gonna blame cancel culture for it. Like, it's not even. You know what I mean? There isn't gonna be any responsibility or accountability coming from this person. The, the, like, he, cancel culture seem ha, throws out some questionable things. There's nothing in question about using that word. It's awful. End of story. Yeah, he'll get. And here's the sad part: he'll leave. We'll forget about it, and he'll announce again at some minor league team in the south or wherever <laughs> where he he'll still have a job. Like I don't know if I've ever put this headset on. Well, not for this franchise or this big of a scale, but like. You're not going to lose your job altogether. Like you're going to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. call plays in a minor league team, and maybe get one person every five years. Be like, aren't you the guy who said the f word back in the day? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. Okay, you sound very familiar, and then go about your day. Well, like, and, my and, and, and issue a- with the apology was, um, I said some words. I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember. He's like, I, I'm going to play I, again. Just the first part. Okay. That, that I, Here we go. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out <laughs> over the year that I am deeply ashamed of. And you can stop. Uh, I guess that went out over the air. That's no other. That's, that's a soft blanket of saying, I said a word that all y'all heard, but I didn't really mean it. But you know, get the hell out of here. I just, first off, if you are racist or a homophobic transphobic. I don't. 
I don't care. I don't care. I'm not here to. Pres- Excuse me. Bless you. Bless Excuse you. Me. I'm not here to change your. I know my little Daisy Steve. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to. I'm not even here. I'm not even here to get you in like in this gay agenda, which there is none. Like I don't even want you on my army. Like I'm not building this army like vampires to take over the world. Like if you're racist, homophobic, transphobic, just keep it to yourself. But not even that. Like girl, every gay person has been called a fag. Like it's so like, hey fag, and I'm just like, oh mm. cute, and and it just rolls off my back like, oh come up with something more original. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, and how old is this man? He's in his mid to late fifties. All right. So he can shut the hell up with his apologies thing. Like I guess it offended people. Like you live through people being called the N word, yeah. um, the AIDS crisis, it being called the, the gay cancer. Like, you yeah. know what's appropriate and what's, what's not. Stop. Also, you're an announcer. So you are good with words, and you know how to talk because that's your job. You know what not to say and when to say it. I'm sure you wouldn't use hockey terms at a baseball game, let alone slurs. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 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 and Floyd. Um, I don't want to see him never work again. But if he eventually realizes how awful this was and was contrite and regretful, sure, we welcome you back. Because, you know, as much as I want people to get the proper punishment, I believe we should afford people the chance to grow. And if that's at a lesser job, fine. So be it. Um, Alex? Yes. <laughs> you here? Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You look, Hi. Ama- you look amazing today. I am so incredibly tired today. Like, I'm still... I've been up for 30 minutes, and I'm still falling asleep. Floyd, do you want to split? Do you want to head back to bed, and Alex and I will roll? I'm tired with it. I can hang for like another 10 minutes. Go back to sleep. Get the 10 minutes. Not that I'm trying Fine. to kick you off. You are. It's cool. I'm not tr- <laughs> Well, it's fair. It's fine. Uh, okay. You well, ruffled my feathers up I'm, this early in the morning. Got my blood pressure running. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. I, Whatever. What are you about to talk about next? It's, uh, an artist that you don't like, a female artist, which is really Camilla like. Camille She's I also mean, racist too, just th- so everyone knows. There's like a mil- like all the female artists. Uh, you, Dua Lipa is the only one that you like. So I, I love, love Dua her. Lipa. All right, so um, if if I just play this and you you hang up on us, I totally get it. But uh, for the, it was virtually live last night, and at least the 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 audio that I grabbed is the groovy part, not the Evanescence My Immortal Sarah McLaughlin intro. But here we go. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. All right, peace out, bitch. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. He actually left. He did. Yeah. Was that Camila Cabello? No, Billie Eilish. He hates all. He hates all the female artists for some reason. You know that wasn't too bad. I so that's her her newest single, "My Future." Have you heard it? No. It's oh. it's it literally starts out like it's rising from the grave. Um, but Uh-oh. in the middle of the song, it kicks into that that groovy bass line, and I like it a lot. Um, she was she was at the DNC last night, and so that was cool. And then there was this. You don't need me to tell you things are a mess. Donald Trump is destroying our country and everything we care about. 
We need leaders who will solve problems like climate change and COVID, not deny them. Leaders mm. who will fight against systemic racism and inequality. And that starts by voting for someone who understands how much is at stake. So that was uh, last night as Kamala Harris accepted the VP nomination. Can I, uh, how, how, Bethany is our Billie Eilish uh, number one fan here. How are you with her? <laughs> um, I remember that one time she took off her clothes um, and it was a big thing and we talked about it. That's the extent of what I know about Billie Eilish. I want to go back to that. Okay. Um, and it, I, I have to be, I'm not going to be Tom Brenneman with this, but mm-hmm. I am going to be tactful and careful and I hopefully I don't come off any creepier than I already am. So yeah, she was like, and she had that stance and I think she was wearing a bathing suit or something. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I get shit for, for not wearing, for not dressing like a girl. I get shit for showing off my body. Like you can't win. I mean, it's the internet. Not, not mm-hmm. ever, a lot of people can't win. But when I was looking at what she was wearing again last night, it was not overly sized. She has big boobs. <laughs> oh, does she? Yes, she does. <laughs> Poor thing. Poor thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for a variety of reasons, I suppose. But yes, um, I, I, I'm a boob person, so I noticed that, and, and now I hope that that doesn't come off as too creepy. It's no. She, she's not 14. She's 18, and but whatever. She, but but she did it to herself, and that's what I mean. I think I'm, I will. I have the same stance that I had when we talked about this months ago on air. She did it to herself. She made it such a big deal. And I understand, like, taking the power and deciding I'm going to wear baggy clothes so nobody will talk about, like, my body or, like, the discussion about me will be about my music and who I am. But it's like you made it a thing. At at that point, you made it a thing. And so anytime you did anything different, people were going to talk about it. And they were going to be like, oh, you know, because you made it. So I feel like she made it the big deal that it was, <laughs> well, you know. And when you're Billie Eilish and you have millions of online followers. Right. Y- you could say, I picked the lucky, I picked the marshmallows out of my lucky charms and the internet is going to get fiery. That's just right. the way it is. But yeah. I realize women's bodies are, are, are a big topic all the time. Um, and I, I'm just simply, not that she made it a thing or not. If she didn't make it a thing, I would still go, oh, she has really big boobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes it's where my eyes are drawn to. I mean, I, it's not good, right? <laughs> I mean, is it good or is it bad? I guess it depends on who you are, right? I guess so. I mean, it, I guess that's normal. Like, I, I don't know. If I see a man with a nice butt, I'll probably look. Right. You will. I will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're human beings. In many ways, we can't help what attracts us, and I don't. And I am aware that breasts are more than a sexual attraction; they have a a practical use of <laughs> feeding a child. So, but uh, all a right. sustaining life. Do you? Can I tell you something that I experienced yesterday? And I wish Floyd was still on. But anyway, I got I. So I fell into the trap of a small Facebook argument that I don't <laughs> normally do. Stop. Right? You've been so good lately. Well, you know what? I didn't even argue. I shared my opinion. And like when this when the person like disagreed with me, I just kind of I didn't double down on it or like insult them. I'm just like, hey, that's the beauty of independent thought. We all have one like that's cool. You know, I just feel like we were talking. He made a blanket statement about men and women 
and how each of us respond to money differently. And like women are selfish and will take the money for themselves while men will try to do whatever they can for the women in their life with the money. And I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, first of all. And then second of all, I'm like, that's a really general statement. And this person goes, well, that's what somebody says when they don't take the time to look at the evidence that's clearly consistent on social media. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I don't hold social media and consistency synonymous with each other, but cool. Right. So then (laughs) I'm just like, okay. Then he went further into the conversation about how selfish women are and ended up saying, especially those women who claim they don't want to have children because it's your duty to continue the human race as a woman. And I was like, oh, yeah, Alex, you, you can't be getting into into like Facebook arguments with non-intellectual types. So I, I didn't. I did. I did not finish that conversation. You know, I politely said, "Hey, you know, that's a little." I was like, first of all, I didn't expect this to go into that direction. Sensitive subject for me, but that's on me, not on you. So I'm not going to continue the conversation. And then he responded and he's like, thanks for saying that. Some people just think I'm a monster. And I'm like, no, you know, no big deal. Just don't agree. I try to preach it, but I can only preach so many things and be be heard by so many people. But uh, generalizing is is generally never a good idea because the the world is is too diverse. Um, Right. I would never think that I know so much that I can just generalize, you know, everything and people like, really, you know, that much at 30 years old that you can make that. Yeah. Make that state claim that statement to be true. Yeah. Your sample size is 30 years. Still, still not enough. No. Um, and you know me, I'm like super literal. Uh, I don't think I've ever said it with you, but you've seen the guardians of the galaxy movies, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I am like the, the living live version of Drax when it comes to uh, <laughs> being literal. No joke. Yeah. No joke would go over my head. I would catch it. <laughs> to that to that point, and like a similar Facebook thing. Uh, there's a guy on my Facebook who I'm cordial with, Polly. He posted a meme from somebody. It says, "How many mfs? That's motherfuckers. How many motherfuckers make eleven dollars or better an hour? I'll wait." Laughing emoji and then questioning. Uh, Polly said, I mean, if you don't, it's time to get a new one. And I was like, well, define me what a motherfucker is. Because I, I, if you were a motherfucker, I don't know if you deserve to make more than $11. I don't know if you deserve to make more than minimum wage. Because you're a motherfucker. <laughs> that is extremely literal. literal. That's funny. Right. That um, is you. Some other pop culture things. Well, this is the pop culture thing. You watch America's Got Talent? I don't know. So there's a local. There's a guy. Not local. There's a guy. I heard about that. Yeah, there's a guy from Toledo on there, and I think he's long removed from here, Uh as maybe you can tell by his his performance. And I, Uh I, he was, his name was on my radar a year or so ago. I think somebody reached out to me and said like, "Hey, I know this person. They've got some music. It was something like that." And I was like. I don't know what to do with this. It's It doesn't quite fit what we do. But he's on national TV now. And his name is Bonavega. Yes, I heard of that. Um, It's like, uh, it's Freddie Mercury meets Adam Ooh. Lambert meets David Bowie meets a wrestler. Okay? So, so let me play this, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch the video. Gotcha. 
all the judges or whatever they are on that show mm-hmm. uh, had a collective what are we watching look on their face. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so I um, actually saw something about this person a couple days ago from Hyperloop Nate. And so I just kind of looked like... He, he might have been the one that told me about him. Probably. I just looked... Um, and I saw like a picture of the gentleman and it was very like David Bowie of, you know, it, like that was what it reminded me of. Glam and, rock, right? Yes, exactly. And so it doesn't surprise me that he kind of channels, you know, Freddie Mercury, David Bowie. But I would be interested to see what his more of his range, because I don't like just from that little clip and like, don't come after me, people. But he didn't sound that talented. It's, I, I don't disagree that it's not the best vocal talent, but it's sure. also the act as well. Okay. Um, that that's part of it. I don't think he's striving for Grammys or anything like that. Um, it also reminds me of. So we got to go back to two thousand four ish. So I love Adam Adam Lambert. Like. I like Adam Lambert too. I love so much about him. I've loved his songs. Um, I met him one time, and Aww, he is was he sweet. He is a he was a nice dude. And I know you might think, look, stereotypes, and, and we label people certain ways. Like he's a gay glam rock guy, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't come off in some ways that you might suspect. Um, mm. And I hope I did that in a in an artful enough way. Um, his handshake is maybe mm-hmm. one of the first handshakes I've ever had. What do you mean? Um, you ever re- remember, you know, the running back Adrian Peterson in the NFL? Yes. He long had a reputation of like breaking people's hands when uh-huh. he shook their hands. Uh-huh. That's what Adam Lambert's handshake was like. Ooh, it was nice and firm. Yeah. Like I- I'm a good handshaker. I get, I go in for good grips and I felt like a weakling shaking Adam's hand. I give a, I give a good handshake cause it's, it sells uh, people that I'm an assertive, strong woman. Yeah. Handshakes are yeah. important. I think about shit like that. It's weird. But I do like Adam Lambert. I watched, um, I'm also a big Queen fan. Mm-hmm. And so I watched their documentary, mm, I want to say in maybe June. And they kind of followed the band like back then and then today and how Adam Lambert is their front man now for yeah. a lot of stuff and how he came about doing that and what happened with him on Idol and just his journey to singing with Queen. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I wish there was uh, more Adam Lambert music singles, not Queen stuff, because I I really like this. Like uh, one of his lesser hits, "If I Had You," I love that mm. song. Um, mm. But 2004, these other names that we've compared him to. Do you remember uh, the Bonavega? Uh, do you remember the Darkness? I believe. Yeah, it. I believe in a thing called yeah. that. Yeah, I do. I see like, you sing that at karaoke. That's not a. <laughs> That's not good music, but it's some kind of thing to see, and that's what I guess I compare Bonavega to. I so. really liked that song. That was a that was a drive in my car, turn it up and like sing and not care who's watching song. Yeah, but I agree. It's a, it's it's some it's yeah. I, it's <laughs> like you have to see that song and be like acting it out, not just like doing some Adele singing. It's a different kind of music. It's that one. And then Queen, Don't Stop Me Now will get me going in the car no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. Okay. I was never a Queen fan. Um, Queen, 
the police, all those things, what, late 70s, 80s, I never mm-hmm. got into. Oh, no. I, I mean, obviously I wasn't born, but my parents did. When I remember in uh, summer camp 1992, <laughs> that, that was the... Uh, I had my Walkman and I was recording songs off the radio. That was the summer for me of Baby Got Back and a shit ton of Jodeci. <laughs> and there was this other kid in my group. I think they were called, <laughs> we call them bunks. And he was listening to the police. And I was like, well, you're, you're listen- lame. What? what? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. So, um, Next up, where are you, and I think you, you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm kind of excited to go back to the movies. Where are you with going back to the movies? I cannot wait. And I was like, I think I might've talked about this on the podcast, but I was thinking about it the other day and I had a moment where I'm like, I just can't believe that I've gone this long without going to the movies, that I've gone this long without going anywhere and I've gotten so used to it that I don't even realize it. Probably because you didn't go that many places before anyway. <laughs> Well, no, I did. I mean, we would go to the movies like every weekend, even if it was to see, you know, something that wasn't as popular or something that's been out for a while that we haven't seen yet. And probably a restaurant, you know, or a bar with my friends, maybe twice a month. That's not a lot. Like there's 30 Uh, days in a month. I guess so. Um, so I'm excited for the movies and, uh, I, I saw an epidemiologist and I don't care if you're a, a bad one, you're bet you're, you're a better one than I am. And he, oh. he said it is not a safe place to go because you can have people taking off masks and eating. Um, well, there, there are ways around that. You could ask people not to eat, but then the, the, the movies really want to sell concessions, but uh-huh. uh, Again, I, I I don't eat when I'm at the theater. I'll get a drink, but that's it. But I, I think it's safer than a lot of social places because even if people are eating, as long as you're properly distanced, you're probably safe. And yeah, there's a lot of things to touch, but you're not likely to get it from that way. I, I think it was safer than the caution this epidemiologist put it out there. But again, I'm not one. So Yeah, and I feel like in movies, it, you could already like, I could go all the way to the top in the far left corner and possibly be 10 seats away from another person, depending yep. on what I'm seeing, what time I'm going to see it. So like you can easily like have double social distance yep. in a movie theater and it not be a problem or just go sit in the front row. Like, and nobody's gonna, you know what I mean? Nobody's going to sit there with you. <laughs> like we talked about, let's not generalize, like our opinions don't create the accurate worldview but I, I will say that it is not it's it's not this it's not the sacrifice many of us have been asked to make over the last six months right to not eat during a movie right <laughs> um so somebody passed along to me so everybody's probably heard like AMC and Regal they're all opening back up well uh, we're we're Cinemark theaters all three of ours here yeah and somebody passed along to me uh, the concession prices. So oh, no. I guess New New Mutants will be the first movie, new movie out next week. I'm pretty, I'm excited about that for what that thing has been through. But other than that, it's Indiana Jones and Star Wars, Beauty and the Beast. So give me your thoughts on these prices. A large popcorn, $5. Wasn't it always, it was more than five before. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was like nine I'm I am in favor of that. Okay. <laughs> I think it, I think AMC has come back with like the tag of 
2020 movies with 1920 prices, like 15 cent movies. And mm-hmm. I mean, movie theaters make their money with the outrageous concession prices. So $5 large popcorn, $3.50 for a large drink, <gasps> and, and $2.50 for candy. Oh, this, I mean, are they? Are they doing this because more people will want to buy? Like, so they think that they'll get like more volume of customers that way. I feel like that's kind of smart. It, I am in favor of it because we literally used to spend like twenty six bucks at the concession, like literally twenty five to twenty six dollars. If I'm getting, Thomas wouldn't like to share his popcorn, so I would get. He would get a large. I would get a small. You know, I would get my own Coke. And then by the time we got like two drinks, two popcorns, and maybe like candy to share, we're at twenty six dollars. Yeah, you could have paid your uh, deductible and your health insurance. Yeah, <laughs> twice I, over. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't eat at movie theaters. I mean, I like movie popcorn, but one, it's too fucking expensive. Not that I don't okay. have the money; it's like a principal thing. Two, um, when I like to eat junk food, I don't do it at the movies because it's like 11 15 on a wednesday but uh, i think they're doing this not to just draw more people but to draw any people because they're showing old movies sure and i i would love to see the books and the finances of of movie theaters like just what i think it's amc amc who might go bankrupt i would love to see how much profit they're making or how much money revenue mm-hmm. they're generating from nine because that stuff has to cost and again I don't know you know food prices that stuff has to cost cents and it's like eight nine eleven dollars mm. I mean maybe they need to um maybe it's a oh an awakening and like you have to kind of review good business practices and like is this sustainable? What are other ways in which we can kind of sustain our individual location or just the business as a whole? Because I agree. I'm like, that's just ridiculous. And But there are people like I'm, I, I always used to be like, a, I'm not going to eat at the movie theater unless I feel like it. Like I wasn't a kind of I'm not a snacking kind of person. But then when I met Thomas, Thomas never goes to the movie theater without getting popcorn because it's the experience for him. Right. So I was just like, you're insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, that's ridiculous. And they and love him for I, it. Right. And now I've almost become like a, I have to get at least a little something. And so, um, yeah, I they're, they're making their money off of me. So I appreciate it if they come down in the cost. Christ. Yeah. And maybe that'll have to be one of the things, but then they'll have to try to make the money elsewhere. And maybe it'll be some theaters already do this. Maybe uh, the... the, the they sell like apparel in some places. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they'll kind of do like what uh, what GameStop has done uh, to to stay in business. Like GameStop has started selling like collectibles and memorabilia. Mm-hmm. Maybe movie theaters mm-hmm. can sell stuff like that. But yeah, I was gonna ask you if you're uh, if I know there are some people who like just like people won't eat peanut butter without jelly. There are people who will not go to the movies without like stocking up on on movie food, candy and popcorn and whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not that person. And every now and then I'll be like, hey, roll through Chick-fil-A and let me put some nuggets in my purse um, or, you know, something like that. I'm, so I'm not that person, but Thomas absolutely is. So it's like when we go to the movies, we still, you know, sometimes I can talk them down to like a small popcorn. Like you don't, we just ate, you don't need it. Right. You know, let's do this instead. So occasionally I can do that. But yeah, we're definitely experienced people. I do like uh, I do like at Franklin Park how 
if I had the time and the line wasn't too long or whatever, I would like mm-hmm. taking an alcoholic beverage in. That was mm-hmm. nice. It depends on the movie, though, too. I think the last time I took an alcoholic drink into Franklin Park, I was watching <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey or something. <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember. Yeah, it I mean, I, I can do it during any movie. Did you did you buy it or did you sneak it in? I bought it. At you the- can take it in the movies, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, like, did you sneak in alcohol from outside the mall? Oh, no, I went to that bar right there. Okay. Um, and I know you probably know this, too. In, I think, the bigger states, the places sure. with COVID problems mm-hmm. have, like, movie steakhouses where you, you're doing, like, sit-down restaurant, and then <gasps> the movie is showing. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the dining theaters. Yeah, I, I, not for me. I don't, you know, I don't want a dining theater, but I am disappointed that we still don't have the reclining seats. Like in Monroe? Yeah, you have to like go out to Monroe. They're everywhere in Michigan. They're like all over Imagine Theaters. Mm -hmm. And the theaters aren't as, like the theaters are big, but obviously it can't hold as many people. So it's a little nicer in my opinion. And the reclining seats are so, like it's just a different experience that I wish, I'm a little disappointed that we don't have that. And because I go to the movies about as much as you do. I remember in Franklin Park when they had those like sample seats in the middle of the lobby mm-hmm. and they were saying coming soon are the seats that move and give you like, you know, they move with the movie or they give you like oh, the, that's a great idea. Like the a, vibration. Like a and, PlayStation controller. Yeah. And we went, I went to New York City a couple of years ago for work and we were in we were in Times Square so we went to a movie down you know after my training was over and we watched you know that movie with Natalie Portman and um Gina Rodriguez and they were like there was something that was some sort of entity that was taking over Black Swan No 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 with Gina Rodriguez Oh Annihilation Annihilation I saw Great Annihil- movie Yes, yeah, so I saw Annihilation in that experience theater. So the seats would move with the action, and then it would mist you, like with water when the during yeah. certain scenes, and then it would give you a smell, like it it like you know got all your senses going on certain you know at different scenes. And I was like, that's great. I heard Toledo's getting that, and we never fucking got it. There, uh, I remember the first time I experienced something like that. It was on the Spider-Man ride at Universal. <laughs> so I'm not a roller coaster person, but you're just sitting and and it feels like you're on a roller coaster, but you don't look down and see stuff unless you just see it on the screen. But when there's like when Spider-Man would go through fire, it would feel hot. So that mm-hmm. that stuff is probably expensive. But like once a year, I love to have this topic of what what can we do to save the movies? What would make it a better experience? What would give you more bang for your buck? That's I think that's a great idea. It's expensive, yeah. but they might have to do it. Maybe go a step farther beyond um, like reclining seats and almost like love seat type things or ways that you could lay down. So the seats that um, in Michigan, the most recent theater I was at, they had reclining seats in the first two rows and I or love seats in the first two rows. And I think it was like incentivizing people to want to get those seats too. So like the entire theater was like individual recliners and then the first two rows were love seat recliners. So it was still a recliner, but it was a love seat so you can share it. And I was like, I really like that. That's very cool. And I begged Thomas for us to get to buy those seats instead. (laughs) He wouldn't do it. 
And then I thought about it and I'm like, well, I kind of don't want to be like cuddling in the middle of a theater and everybody can see me because I'm in the front row. It's dark. I'm not for like concierge service during a movie. Okay. Uh, cause that could be disruptive. Yeah. Um, I, I, and my one other idea that I always throw out there, it's probably too complex, but it's, it's very practical. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often you go to the bathroom during the movies, uh, like during the movie. I try um, to avoid it as much as possible. I, I probably never go to the bathroom. Uh, I try to avoid it, but sometimes it's it's necessary mm? rather than bringing a bottle in or something. But it would be neat, like if I when I ran out to the bathroom, whether it was the stall or usually the urinal, if I could like if there was a screen up in front of me and I could pop it, <laughs> pop the movie up in front of me, so I wouldn't miss anything. That's actually true. Like if you had like a little code and you could right, you know, a wristband or something. That is a good idea. But I um. I have an iron bladder, so I will wait, even if I have to go. Thomas is one where he has to go before he comes in the movies. He usually has to go while in the movies and then has to go when the movie is over because of the amount of coke he consumes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, I try to avoid it as much as possible. When and I, I, I went to, when I went on vacation and I was in um, Scotland, we went to the movies their movie experience is also extremely different. I mean, they had the reclining seats, but they were more like, um, not like big recliners. They were more like regular movie theater seats that just reclined. Like, okay. Um, so they were, they were like skinnier, I guess. And they reclined a little bit better too. (laughs) Like it was, it was really good. And the concessions were not expensive at all. And the movie theater was not expensive. And I went on like a Saturday night. I remember it was probably like early 2000s or so. It was a big deal because I think a lot of theaters that I would go to had those reclining seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they reclined a little bit more and they were a little more comfortable than airline seats. Mm-hmm. And yet most of them don't recline anymore. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, there are some ways to improve the theater experience for sure because every time people are like, it's so expensive. Yeah, it is. But something I always point out is... In the 80s, 90s, even in, I guess the 2000s, movies were like an hour and a half. Now they're, yeah. now they're like two hours at yeah. least. So you get a little bit more content. Now, sometimes you're like, wow, I wish they would have shaved 20 minutes off that movie. But then there's other things like, oh, I want 20 more minutes. Like Infinity War, when I found out how long that was going to be, I was so excited. Well, I remember, uh, what, the, the beginning of 2019, we're like, there was some discussion that the thing was going to have a, an intermission. <laughs> Can you imagine? I <laughs> That's funny. Or like they announced that they've purposely created a very slow part of the movie in the middle and you're safe to go at this time. Like <laughs> Well, the intermission, I, I don't I forget what Jeffy McGee told us and whether he was for or against this. Uh but as a theater, you you kind of want that cuz that's another opportunity. Oh, I remember what he said. It's another opportunity for you to go out to the concessions and spend money, it but it lengthens uh, the, your time in the theater, limiting how many times they can show that movie. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, but what if, what if they did do like a five minute, like what if it was it just as, you know how you go to see a Marvel movie and you the movie is over and everybody sits there and waits because it's yeah. that well known. What if it's the same thing? Like what if certain movies 
you know, what if Marvel movies put in like a purposely like slow five minutes in the middle of the movie and everybody knows, you know what I mean? It's the boring scene where they're sitting in the office, you know what I mean? And everybody knows like this is the time to get up and go. And, it, you know, like maybe that, I don't know. Yeah, I call that, I call that when I go to see either Ant-Man movie. <laughs> I like Ant-Man. I'm not a Paul Rudd Wasp fan. Girl or whatever her name is. Um, one, one last possible movie suggestion, maybe even, well, it's just, I mean, going to the bathroom is, is a practical human thing. How mm-hmm. about instead of, because I, you don't want to miss anything and you run and sometimes like mm-hmm. you, you miss the urinal or something mm-hmm. or you, or you poop in your pants or whatever. Uh. Um, how about if you have someone bring you to your seat, something you can poop or pee in so you don't miss the movie. That's disgusting. I'll pass. Okay. Cause not everybody just from, from work and, and, um, part of our jobs are like turning over rooms and like, having to clean up after somebody in their bathroom use, not everybody poops the same. It's disgusting. I know. I know. It's, it's like completely miss the toilet and get all the side of the toilet bowl and onto this toilet seat poop. It's disgusting. How about, okay. So have you seen the story about, uh, it's, it's, I think it might be over in Tokyo. They have transparent toilets. No. Yeah. They're transparent public toilets, but when you're in there using them, you can't see anything. Maybe you could put a toilet in the theater and that's how it works. Like no, an airplane? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Right. I wouldn't want to do I mean, you might as well put a porta potty in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, well, one of maybe one and a half last things. Have you ever been to Inside the Five? No. What's that? Brewery in Sylvania. Oh, no. I've never been. Okay. I don't actually frequent Sylvania at all. Because you're so far from there. I am. I'm on the opposite side of town. Um, Maya, well, they're, they, so I guess the city owned a couple of duplexes around the building mm-hmm. and Inside the Five bought them and will expand and add more employees. Now, it looks like some people are being kicked out of their homes, but mm. I don't think that this is eminent domain. I think the city was probably just leasing to these people, so they, mm-hmm. were, they probably knew, knew something like this could happen. Yeah, that still sucks, though. I mean, great because it's an opportunity for business. Yeah, bringing more people to the city of Sylvania, but that does like to displace people from their homes, especially right now. Cause like, I hope that they're paying them enough to be able to have a security deposit for another home or, you know, something of that nature. And hopefully people that are living there are, we're not long-term and it's, you know, it'll be a simple move. Well, hope- yeah, you'd hope not. I mean, cause if you knew the information that this could happen, you needed to plan for it. If they just sprung it on you, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully, and, and maybe there is an incentive. I know sometimes that happens like when over here, when first solar, I think built on the land, I think they, they bought people's homes and like incentivized them in some way. Um, and then everybody else now has solar panels. So, you know what I mean? Like hopefully they're, they, they did it, you know, the right way. Cause you know, your average person doesn't have a ton of money and savings to just be able to like up and go and have the money for movers or the money for a security deposit, um, something of that nature. So hopefully they did it the right way, but I get it, you know, not, not to say that it was the most evil thing to do. It's such as life. Um, we, we've talked about the, like the widening of 475 from uh, oh, Douglas, for, no, from Douglas to 23. Yeah. Um, and it looks like nobody really has interest in that. And I don't no. think it needs to be done, but yeah, like 13 houses would have fallen under eminent domain. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yes, I think like they don't short shrift you that. I think they give you market value or whatever, which is nice. But still, having to find a, a place to live, regardless of uh, whatever financial bracket you fall in, is is a big is a big headache. Um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and I've thought I've thought for a while now that once downtown spills over, it, uh-huh. the, the Vistula District is the next you know place that could be very cool to live unfortunately yeah. you're probably going to displace a lot of people and i know this falls into your wheelhouse and it's become much more yeah. of, a, of an awareness of mine is like i i love i don't want to use the word gentrification i love the improvement of neighborhoods sure what, what can we do to find a balance between improving neighborhoods and displacing people specifically low-income people oh i lost you Oh, you're back. No, I'm here. I'm here. My phone rang. Sorry. Uh, so what can we do to, where's the balance? And we don't have to go on, the, on on this for real long. Where's the balance between improving a place to live and mm-hmm. displacing low-income people? I agree. I was, you know, I was in, I was right on the, obviously, um, I was right on the fence about the Vistula stuff because I agree in that I think that it's an addition to the beautification of downtown and like what downtown is becoming. But at the same time, like that's a heavily populated area of low income people. And so what kind of, you know, you're putting some sort of housing down there. Great. You're putting some more businesses and restaurants down there, but how accessible are they to the, to the poorer populations? Like, is it food that everybody can afford or is it going to be like another chop house? You know what I mean? Or even the heights where it's like they wouldn't even be welcome if they weren't wearing a certain type of clothing. Not to say that there's anything wrong with the heights. And then what are you doing in the neighborhoods as well? Like what are you in the neighborhoods where you're not, um, you know, building up, but it's right there. Like, are you helping them to, are you, you know, fix the roads or, you know, work on tree lawns or something like what are, cause you are eventually going to displace people. And I think that that's the problem. Like once the value of something like this goes up, the home values go up for those individuals too. So, well, they, they fix all the things around there, but it's for the people who are going to move into that. the people and businesses that will move into that neighborhood, not for the people that live there. I remember right. when I was sniffing around housing things, thinking that Vistula was going to be a place where you could uh, get something inexpensive and, and then in several years, you know, it could be five times its worth. But mm-hmm. I remember looking at some of the homes there and it's like you could buy a house for $27,000. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a, not a great neighborhood right now. That doesn't mean the people are bad, but in many spots, it's not well taken care of. Right. Um, but and again, so how do we improve these places without wrongfully displacing people and, and literally like maybe putting people out on the streets. I, I don't yeah. know what the answer is to that. And that's why I'm not running for city council. No, I just think that I think that it needs to be more thoughtfully done. And I think it needs to be done with a lot of awareness as to you are coming into their neighborhood that they have been in for decades. You know what I mean? Like, you just need to be more culturally aware? I mean, I would say more trauma informed. Like you just you're coming into these neighborhoods because I also have a concern. It's like who you know, once this stuff is done and you know, these projects are done and and there's more real estate there that are attracting a different kind of person that can afford to pay, you know, $1,800 in rent and you're attracting more people to come to these restaurants. But the folks that live in the neighborhood are still there, you know, and people, people like that. And I'm, I'm not trying to judge, but it's, it's inevitable, you know, 
people like that are going to see the folks in the neighborhood and, you know, try to put their purse on the other side of their shoulder or, you know, be concerned with who's walking up the street or that homeless person that's because there's a lot of there's like shelters and kitchens and there's churches there that give out meals and clothes. So it does it's right there, you know, so it's like that homeless person that might be on the street talking to himself like don't call the police on them. You know what I mean? Like, don't understand and be aware of the neighborhood you're coming into, not the neighborhood that you're taking over. You know, I I, I don't even know if that could be possible because I, from my, from my experience, those people are shuffled out. Um, like now when I hear gentrification, it's not mm-hmm. like the R word or the mm-hmm. F word sure. from earlier in the show. But gentrification, I hear kicking black people out of the neighborhood. That's mm-hmm. what I hear. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and craft beers for white people coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Last thing. Mm. Are you ready? Cl- yeah, yeah. We're, this, today's going by fa- Um, Are you a White Claw person? I am. Okay, what the hell happened to it? Uh, white, white Claw is not the social sensation that it was last year. Because there isn't any social gatherings for people to, you know. Good point. People, if you remember this time last year at Pride, like I was tossing them back. And it's like, there's just not a gathering for us to joke about White Claw or more people to like, you know. Got it. If you want White Claw, you got to go to the store and get it, not just ask the bartender for a White Claw. Okay. So, you know. Uh, super last thing now. Uh, and don't worry, she's not going to listen. Uh, speaking of last year at Pride, how's Allie? Allie's good. She's um, she's doing all right. She's I think she's on the, I want to say on the tail end of, um, you know, the, her circumstance. I think that she's now like open to whatever life is going to have for her going forward. So she's really good. She invited me to her lake house last weekend and I couldn't she has go a lake house. Oh my God. On Lake Michigan is like it, on the water. <laughs> is it like part of her family? Cause she's doing <clears throat> yeah. that with some reporter salary. No. Oh no. It's okay. well, she does really good for herself in Detroit, but um, it's her, it's been her family's lake house for decades. And so it just gets passed down. So it hurts. It's her mom's right now. So she, can go and it's not far from her it's like maybe two hours i think from her so she can go or no she goes she drives to grand rapids where she's from and then i think they drive to the lake house together but um yeah it's beautiful and i've been friends with Allie for almost a decade and i've never been just because you know life didn't work out that way um but she you know so maybe i'll get out there because she's they're being really sweet so she's good and long story short, she's doing she's doing really okay. well. Did she start dating again? Um, kinda. Or just kind of like slutting it up on Tinder. No, no. I think she's you know I think she's getting herself out there at the in the pace that she's comfortable with, and I'm really proud of her with that because with her I work on things. I, I work on her, things with her and with my friend Karis, who you've never met, but I think. But when Karis comes to visit, we should totally have her on the podcast because she's funny. We could do that. Um, so her and Karis both are completely different from me and I'm always like giving them relationship advice or just kind of dating advice. And I'm like, get they're both, you know, eh, I want to say a certain kind of woman, but I'm like, Hey, if you like the dude, pick up the phone and call him or text him. Right, no, 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 he has to, he has to text me. And I'm like, no. 
if you like him, pick up the phone and text him. And if he doesn't text you back or if it's not at the pace that you'd like, then fine. Then you can, you know, move on to the next one. But like, don't fucking wait around for, you know what I mean? Like, don't wait around for your opportunity to come to you like if you want it just go for it yourself (laughs) yeah when it comes to dating stuff and like when you connect with somebody when do you reach out to them like fuck it i'm not waiting two days or standard hours because you don't you want to come off as too thirsty or desperate if you like somebody show them i don't really subscribe to a lot of those notions that like i'm supposed to be chased or that i'm supposed to play a certain kind of game Thomas and I argue to this day about how him and I met because we met on Tinder and, you know, we were messaging and he asked me for my number and I gave it to him rather quickly. Like I didn't, I didn't say, Hey, like, let's talk on here for a couple more days and then I'll give it to you. I gave it to him pretty quick and I didn't, he didn't use it. It was like days, like four or five days that went by. And so I messaged him and I was like, Hey, did you just ask for my number? Cause you wanted to steal my personal information? Like, the hell is wrong with you? That's literally what I said. I was like, what's wrong with you? Why would you ask me for my number and not use it? And then he met, he called me that day <laughs> and said he was, and now it's a, just a joke. If he's like, I was just trying to play it cool. It's not cool to get somebody's number and then reach and then reach out to him right away. Why and not? I was like, that's yes, it is <laughs> like to me. It, that's very cool. <laughs> like, and, and why would you play around? That's probably the biggest thing in, like, did you see the baseball thing the other day where the player hit the the grand slam and then everybody got all shitty? No. So, how can I... One team felt like the other team was running up the score, and it's a very old baseball mindset. And oh. because everybody has different kinds of unwritten rules, oh. that's where the, and it's the same thing happens in relationships. One person who thinks who gives you a number and wants to be called right away. The other person's like, no, I'm the play it cool type. And then before you know it, uh, you're upset that you gave him the number and thankfully you worked out. But I mean, these dumb unwritten rules get people in so much trouble. I mean, they do. They, they, they just make people, I think lonely. And I, you know, not to say that you have to sacrifice everything, all of your wants and needs, but you absolutely have to assess your wants and needs and like figure out how much of that is hindering you from, you know, finding a partner in life or getting some of those things that you want. Cause even Karis, you know, Karis is, uh, I want, I think she just turned 28. Ooh, I think she just turned 28. Um, she's, so she's a little younger than me, but she has a date on Friday. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's been a, in her mind of like why she hasn't met anyone. And so she has a date on Friday and she's like, well, I've looked past a couple things and she shared a picture of like with this guy and he's a fucking like he looks like he belongs in a Bravo show. You know what I mean? I was like, what have you looked past here? Like, is he unemployed? Like what in the world are you looking past with this dude? Cause he's like Prince charming. But, um, it's just, I do that with my girlfriends and I'm like, Hey, you know, like, let's just think about the things that we want. Let's assess our wants and needs and what I realized that I had become that person. And so now they call me all the time, but <laughs> that's all right. You're that's an, what I do. You're an objective <laughs> evaluator. And I think that that's important. I think as objective as I can, I mean, when you're dealing with your own business, it's, it's a lot difficult. Some people have said that I'm too picky or whatever, but it's, it's, it's a challenge. Two things. One, she doesn't have to come here. We can wire her in anytime. That's and true. Two, next time we're just texting. I have a very 
unpo- likely unpopular and unconventional thing that I would never talk about on the air or in public that I want to run by you because you might hear me out and you might very much disagree, but you'll at least hear my hear me out in the perspective. Sure. So, um, text me today. I won't have a whole lot going on. I might be a little bored. I'm uh Jen and I are having lunch or coffee at eleven thirty. Want to come? Um, yes. I have to take Pete Boy to the vet at ten uh, ish. And no, no, I can't because then I got to go to work right after that, and I'm already going to be like an hour and a half behind. Okay, is he going to be all right? Yeah, he's got a little skin rash. He's got like what looks like pimples all over his um. His groin area, his man his little, parts. His little pooter? I was like, Peter, who did you let, like, uh, who did you let in your nether regions? Like, uh, quit. <laughs> I was just joking. Because it's a running joke because Kitty has herpes. Like, Kitty has feline herpes. And <laughs> so. He fucked, fucked the cat. Damn. No, because he can't, Kitty can't give it to anybody other than cats. That's like, so, cat, that's like feline AIDS, right? Yeah, um, no, it's way easier than feline AIDS. Like, I don't have to medicate him or anything. Like, with feline AIDS, you have to. But um, it's just a running joke that all of my animals are fucked up. And so, Pete, I looked at him one day and I was like, he's got a little pimple behind his wiener. And so I looked at his belly and I'm like, oh my God, you have pimples everywhere. So it's just a little infect, a bacterial infection. I. I experimented like I never have before a couple of days ago. That big, <laughs> that big open area across from me. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, I took the dogs off the leash. How did that go? Because I'm terrified. Just for like a second, and I was very skittish, and it wasn't long. But yesterday, uh-huh. I'm feeling a little little riskier, and I brought Diddy's ball. He loves his ball. Uh-huh. So he did like having the ball thrown. First, Andre went and peed on one of the other condos. I'm like, oh, 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 Andre, you're embarrassing the neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh, but Diddy... Ditched his ball, and then he's overeating something, and uh-huh. he's and he was eating poop, and I'm just you know let's hope that that dog didn't have parvo or anything. But well, don't once they get vaccinated, like aren't they good for it for like with us and chickenpox? Uh, I don't know, I don't know, and he that that was so long ago now for him because oh. parvo I think is a once a lifetime thing. I'm not up to date with their shots, unfortunately. Oh but, yeah, but I also don't think my dogs are in danger of like giving or getting anyone rabies that's i cannot wait like that's the one thing that i just cannot wait for and when when we get a house is just letting the dogs you know what i mean like if you wanted to come over and bring diddy and andre and the dogs can just run and we're not at a dog park so i don't have to worry about like all of that drama and i'm just you know what i mean i can just let them run and when i wake up in the morning i just open the door and tell them all to go outside and then let them come back when it's time to leave you know I can't wait for Me that. Me too. I saw that. I saw the hat when I unleashed Diddy, literally and figuratively, and I threw his ball. Like he looked at me, and he was so he could he had such a big smile because I wish I had I a yard for him because he he's so active and he loves to play <coughs> and he's so social mostly with with people and it it's funny. Um, there are times when we're after we finish our walk and I'm within like thirty yards of the house, I'll take mm-hmm. their leash off. Oh. Andre's not going anywhere. He'll, I know he'll eventually come back. But it's funny, like Andre and I will be mostly inside, and Diddy is looking at me and then looking behind him, and thinking, "If I run, I'll be free, <laughs> but I'll also never eat again." And then, and then I eventually go, "All right, Diddy." And then sometimes I have to go grab him. And he runs in the house, but it's funny to see him look over his shoulder, judging whether or not freedom is worth never eating again. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the things that they think about are really funny. That, yep, that's exactly right. I just, you know, I'm I'm ready for the backyard, so. All right, well, have a good rest of your Thursday. I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you later today. Yeah, text me whatever you were talking about. Now I'm curious. Will do. Bye. Bye. That's a strong enough, it's not Floyd-like, but it's strong enough to finish up today.